Our Future Now is produced by Goal 17 Media, storytellers for the common good. If this ain't America, we don't have enough prison labor available because of the COVID crisis hitting prisons. So a lot of the fire teams that normally would have been deployed by now can't. Hey, everyone. I'm Jonah Gottlieb. I'm Natalie Meebane, and we're co-founders of the National Children's Campaign. Welcome to Our Future Now. On this episode, we reflect on the DNC, my experiences with the California fires, and what elected officials, candidates, and you can do to help. Joan, I really want to talk to you about the DNC. They had some really great speakers. I really loved Michelle Obama. Really, really loved, of course, um, Bernie's speech and Barack Obama's speech. And really loved that entire whole minute that they gave to AOC. You know, she used it well. And I think that was probably one of the things that disappointed me a little bit was that here we have this this young progressive champion that's so popular, and yet she was given a minute to say what she needed to say. It shows how much the Democratic Party takes the progressive wing for granted. And it shows that they'd rather appeal to the tiny sliver of the population that votes Republican that would consider voting for them as opposed to appealing to the millions of people who support people like AOC and Bernie Sanders and the millions more that don't vote at all. It just seemed like platitudes, but no policy. You know, thinking of policies, a lot of folks are probably wondering what exactly is this DNC platform? You probably heard about it a lot in the last few weeks. The DNC meets every four years and votes on their platform, and that represents their party for the next four years. And one thing that got voted on was that there was an amendment that had been added to the platform some weeks ago that would have stopped subsidizing fossil fuel development with our public dollars. These are our taxpayer dollars. We currently give as a country billions of dollars to fossil fuel companies simply to exist and essentially produce the exact thing that is killing us with climate change. And I, I mean, Joan, I don't even know what to think of that because even Biden and Harris's policies are saying that they shouldn't, that we shouldn't subsidize fossil fuel developments, but the DNC disagrees and actually weakened the climate platform. And the fact that they're doing that during these massive fires just shows how little respect they have for people in frontline communities whose homes are literally burning right now. For me personally, I am in Northern California. I'm in Sonoma County. I have friends who have been evacuated. The governor of California, Gavin Newsom, said recently, every single person in the state of California should have their bags packed and be ready to evacuate. And so as of the time that we are recording this, I have a bag of all of my valued possessions in the car in case the wind shift and the fire hops the freeway and we have to go. You know, Jonah, one thing that stood out to me that Gavin Newsom said, and that's a quote, because I remember reading that article that, that quoted him on there. It also said, have your car nose pointed out towards the street. But this is the thing that stood out to me when I read that. It's the assumption that every single person in harm's way has a car. It's the assumption that every person who could be at the risk of these fires is in a socioeconomic class that can have a car that they can put all their lifelong possessions in to escape if needed. 
And what about the people who take the bus to work every day? What about the people who live in live in more of the city areas who have to take public transportation and don't have a place to just escape? And I'm just thinking about how, you know, we always talk about climate change and that it impacts everyone, but it never impacts everyone equally. And as I'm seeing these pictures of people in farms working um, in the smoke and in danger, or whether it's knowing that there are all these residents who, you know, yes, they would love to have a SUV to fill up with their possessions to leave, and they don't. And what are they thinking if the wind shifts? What are they thinking if the if the fires jump the highway? Absolutely. And so for many people, if they're evacuated, they'll go stay with a friend or they'll go to a hotel. But for so many more people who don't have access to things like that, where are they supposed to go right now? Because we're in a pandemic. And so in a normal year with the fires, what happens is we'll have these big evacuation centers and everyone will be gathered, you know, in the civic center or on a football field or something like that. And so people are having to make these decisions of whether or not they want to risk their lives staying at home where they know they'll at least be safe from coronavirus or risk getting COVID but be safe from the fires. You know, Jonah, I think we have to get rid of the mindset of this thing called fire season. I think that's a thing of the past. I think that's a routine that we're holding on to to remind us of what used to exist when we actually had normal seasons, when we had a normal climate. But we don't have a normal climate anymore. In 07, I lived in the middle of Devil's Postpile National Monument which is surrounded by Inyo National Forest. This is the rolling mountains of the Sierra Nevada, snow-capped mountains, the San Joaquin River, everything. It's that, it's that epitome of that beautiful California scape. And you know, I spent three months of my summer, fresh after graduation from college, doing an internship there with Student Conservation Association. Now, there were there were fires that hit that, hit that park in 19, uh, the Rainbow Falls fire and believe it was 92 burned down most of the park and it's still very prevalent today the effects but I went there and didn't really feel that scared you know a couple times smoke blew in from far away and we, we were conscious of a couple fires that had hit you know farther up but overall it was not a problem like we didn't I would I didn't live in fear I could not even imagine putting myself in that situation now 13 years later because climate change has gotten that much worse and hearing about these, um, you know, Santa Ana winds, right, which hit, you know, usually in October, I experienced them for the first time ever in October 2018, when on the Katie Porter campaign in Irvine, California. And I was trying to mentally prepare myself for this, this thing that everyone was telling me was coming that I was, I was as an East Coast person, I'm just not used to. There was nothing to prepare me for that. It sounded like a freight train blowing through at night. I couldn't sleep. I was having nothing but nightmares. And it was just the thought knowing that it only takes one spark. And I can't imagine you, Jonah, having to live every year of your life with this constant fear. I could barely deal with it for a single month two years ago. It impacts you all the time. Every single person knows someone that's lost a home or lost a school or a business I have teachers from my high school who have told me that they're leaving the state because of the fires and because they have young kids and don't want their growing and developing lungs to be exposed to the harmful particulates in the air. I have friends who have told me 
I'm not having kids because I don't want to bring them up during fire season every single year. This is the normal, you know, my little brothers will have to go through this every year. Like at least I thought when I was going to going to be in Berkeley that I'd be at least a little bit removed from all the fires and at least a little bit further away. And now I just know, you know, anywhere in California, as Gavin Newsom said, you are at risk. And I know that in five, 10 years, it's going to be the same thing for Oregon and for Washington and for Canada. They already have these massive fires, but soon they're going to have the same regularity that California already has. And California is only going to get worse. If this ain't America, we don't have enough prison labor available because of the COVID crisis hitting prisons. So a lot of the fire teams that normally would have been deployed by now can't. They're in lockdown quarantine because our prison system was also hit hard by COVID. And that shows you like, who is who are the people who are fighting these fires? I mean, we've heard and known that, you know, prison labor has been used in California firefighting for many years. But you have to look at the system set up. The most vulnerable people are being put in harm's way to make somewhere between the estimates were between $250 to $5 a day. And it's not just that they're having to fight the fires, but oftentimes the prison laborers who are fighting these fires are the ones on the front lines. They're the ones going in first to fight the fires. They're doing the most dangerous jobs for zero money in some, in some cases. You know, some of them are paid, you know, as you said, as little as, you know, $2, 250 a day because of the loophole in the 13th Amendment that legalizes slavery as long as it's with people in prison. They can be paid like half a cent an hour and that is somehow enough for them to fight these fires and keep people safe. And yet, after they're released from prison, because of their criminal backgrounds, they are not allowed to join fire crews. They are not allowed to become professional firefighters. I mean, think about this system, the way that it's set up to take advantage of people, to put people who are ready, um, usually low income, to put them in the front lines to fight to save everyone and then to say that they can't even have a career of it. And the fact that if we're looking at how climate change is impacting us now and will in the near future, we're going to have things like pandemics. We're going to still have these disasters happen as a result of the climate crisis. And we're going to have them happen at the same time like we're seeing right now. There isn't going to be a time where we get to separate which disaster we're dealing with, whether it's the two hurricanes that are on the way possibly to hit the Gulf right around the anniversary of Hurricane Katrina, 15 years, or whether it's the fires in California, we're going to have to learn how we're going to deal with every single one of these crises at once. And it's not going to get better. I mean, it's just very disheartening to know, Jonah, that you have only been here for 18 years and have had to have this essentially post-traumatic stress constantly for you and your family. And I just don't even know the answer for it. I mean, what what can we do like to help the most impacted members of the community that are suffering from these fires? As a citizen of the United States, if, God forbid, my home burns in the fire, I am able to apply to the federal government and get some aid to help rebuild. 
if any of the 38,500 undocumented people in my community deal with the exact same thing and lose their homes, they're out of luck because the government just doesn't care. And so there are some great organizations trying to fix this and trying to help undocumented people. One great one is UndocuFund, which is an organization raising money to support undocumented people in Sonoma County as they're battling the twin crises of the pandemic and the fires. And so I really hope that everyone listening at home, if they're able, goes and donates and supports their work. So if people want to get involved, it's undocufund.org. But what we really need is the federal government stepping in and permanently supporting undocumented people. And so one great way that the federal government could do that is by passing and signing into law the Embrace Act, which was introduced last year into the House of Representatives by Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. And one of the things it does is it makes everyone in the United States, regardless of whether they're a citizen or not, eligible for FEMA aid. So that if their homes burn, if they're impacted by a fire or a hurricane or a monsoon or a tornado or any other sort of natural disaster, they are eligible to get the bare minimum basic support from the government that they pay tax dollars to. So, you know, the Embrace Act, I'm glad you mentioned that, Jenna. The Embrace Act is super important. I think it's time to stop having this two-tiered system from our federal government. If people are affected, they need help. And it shouldn't matter what their legal status is because everyone is going to be impacted by climate change and everyone is impacted right now in just different ways. And I think it makes sense that we we still provide support for those in our communities that are the most vulnerable that are going to be facing the same um, homelessness that all these people across your state are experiencing now as these homes burn. And on top of that, they have to find a way to shelter somewhere and try their best not to get coronavirus. So overall, this is something that we have to work on together in passing the Embrace Act and also going to undocufund.org to see any way that you can help and fight these fires as well. If the Democrats want people to be supporting them, then they need to be picking up the mantle and taking the lead on these policies that help people. And so Senator Sanders had the Embrace Act as part of his presidential platform. AOC introduced the version of it in the House. And so looking forward, we really need Joe Biden to champion the Embrace Act and make sure that undocumented people are getting the support they need from the federal government when disaster hits. There's literal lives on the line. This is not a, well, just vote for the policies that matter to you. No, there are actually lives on the line right now because of climate change and because of the climate-induced disasters that we are facing right now. So you have to go to voteforourfuture.org slash vote. Vote number four ourfuture.org slash vote. We cannot allow the DNC to continue on doing what they've been doing, which is ignoring that fossil fuels are fueling this crisis. And we should not be funding them with our taxpayer dollars as if somehow providing the funds for climate change is going to help us fight it. No, our taxpayer dollars are going towards climate change because they are funding exact the exact companies responsible for it. That is insanity. We need to stop that immediately. And we need to actually act like this is the crisis, like our house is on fire because it literally is. 
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Our Future Now. If you want to support undocumented people being impacted by the fires and other natural disasters that have been exacerbated by the climate crisis, you can donate at undocufund.org and you can contact your elected officials and candidates and tell them to support and champion the Embrace Act. Our Future Now is produced by Goal 17 Media, storytellers for the common good. We would like to give a special thanks to our media partners, Parentology. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite streaming platform and share this episode with your family and friends on social media. I'm Natalie Meebane. And I'm Jonah Gottlieb. And this is Our Future Now.